The following program is produced by Rosado Marketing. The views and opinions of the host and guests. Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio has helped thousands of listeners make the right decisions when buying homes or refinancing. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. This is Peter Padilla, pleased to be with you today talking about real estate and real estate for investors. Every day we make new connections and have new discussions with people that are in the business, talking in the back rooms about what happens to get deals done in real estate. Last night, I was at the Reno Real Estate Investors Club. Every month, the first Tuesday of the month at 6 p.m., we meet at the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. We had a great presentation about an organization that is socially conscious when it comes to talking about real estate and real estate investing. Gino Borges was with us. And there were other people there in the group that make a trip or two now to the radio station. And it's a different slant on investing and making money. It's creative. It's different. And I encourage anybody who wants to get more information about Gino Borges' presentation at the Reno Real Estate Investors Club last night to visit the Reno Real Estate Investors Club. Just Google Reno Real Estate Investors Club. We have other guests in the studio today as well. Dave Washburn is with us, and Dave is a hard money lender at Socotra Capital. Hope you're doing well, Dave. Having a great day, Peter. Thanks for having me. And we normally see you at the Investors Club, but last night, even though we had a great turnout, we didn't see you there. I imagine you're just knocking them dead, doing a lot of deals with the hard money business. Yeah, we've been very, very busy lately, and I uh, wish I could have made it because oftentimes those uh, nonprofit organizations that... uh, don't have the traditional income and balance sheets have to come to hard money lenders for loans. So it would have been exciting to be there and, uh, and chat with our presenter. You bet. We'll be connecting you, I'm sure, with Gino Borges from Open Path Investments. In the studio, too, with us today is Michelle Hulbert. Michelle is a mortgage loan originator, Caliber Home Mortgage. How are you doing, Michelle? I'm good, Peter. How are you? I'm great. Nice to see you. You have been uh, traveling a little bit lately, I would bet, and maybe enjoying the weather as well. Well, yeah, I've been out of town a little bit. My son's in the midst of baseball season, uh-huh. so uh, <laughs> always makes for for a good time. Yes, always does. It's good to put the family first, but you, you really help a lot of families with the work that you do. At Caliber, why don't you tell our listeners uh, what you've been up to lately as far as helping people get into mortgages? You know, we have been extremely blessed in our our business we're we're doing a lot of loans for folks we've had we, we just came off our best month ever since really? we yeah. since we um, became caliber home loans uh-huh. and you know our real estate market I, I have to say is a little crazy right now but with the right team in place these buyers are getting their contracts accepted and we're you know we're getting their deals closed under various loan programs mm-hmm. very competitive but if you have the right team in place, you can get it done and get your deals. I know one thing nowadays is that most all banks have about the same rates if you're looking at one type of loan and the same kind of borrower. But the difference is the service because in today's competitive environment for buying homes, speed is the issue. You've got to be able to get the deals done. 
that's a big factor for you and how you keep your business going, I'm sure. Absolutely it is. Um, we we're, you know, we, we don't necessarily like to close deals in two to three weeks, but we can mm-hmm. if necessary. And in many cases, that is the client's edge in getting the contract accepted is maybe they can close a few days faster than somebody else's offer. Mm-hmm. And that's where they come to us because yeah. they know that we can get it done. And we also know, too, that realtors have a huge impact on the decisions that home buyers make on what warranty company the home buyer is going to use, which title and escrow office they're going to use. We know that the realtors can't direct clients as to what to do, but many times clients, just they just don't know. So having great relationships with realtors is critical in your business, and you probably talk to a ton of realtors every day. I do. And I'm really fortunate. I've had many referral partners for a long time. Some of my referral partners greater than 15 years. Mm -hmm. And that's that's very important to me. Um, But I do try to um, I I do try to add new realtors on on a you know pretty regular basis, mm-hmm. and you know working with listing agents and selling agents both. But that those still are my primary sources of business is yeah. the real estate community. Absolutely, they're the ones that are driving the business. Um, changes are always coming to the mortgage business, and we have talked in the past couple of months about some changes that have been on schedule to be implemented this summer. I understand there might have been some updates or changes, and maybe you can give us some insight on that part of the business later in the show. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. Also with us today is our special guest, Scott Waite. And Scott is a CPA here in the northern Nevada area. And Scott, I recently was listening to another radio show, the Sherry Hill Radio Show, and uh, just really enjoyed your program. And I thought that would be a great person to talk to us in our business about the real estate side of, um, of, of really getting good business done. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Peter. It's good to be here on this pleasant morning. We're, we're getting that reprieve from the heat, and I think we're going to have a nice uh, week coming forward, so it'll yeah. be nice for business. Too. It is nice. It is nice, although I enjoy you know, a little thunderstorm is nice, a little water is nice in the air. feels good, especially when we're in this drought situation. Maybe we'll get some relief from that. So you, when you were on Sherry's show, you were talking a lot about business valuations, appraisals of companies, and things like that, and... Uh, I, I thought I was thinking about those topics as they relate to real estate investors because real estate investors they are in business and many real estate investors work with Sherry, work with us to become incorporated, have a real business going and, and manage their properties in better fashion. So our guests today I know have focuses on real estate aspects of your work as a CPA. But let us and our listeners know how long you've been in business, what kind of work you've been doing, and and, and what areas you like to focus on. Um, We consider ourselves a a boutique firm. We focus on tax services uh, such as real estate-related issues for commercial and personal property Mm -hmm. type of issues. Uh, My brother and I have been in business for over 20 years. It's called RS Way Chartered, and we do not only tax work but business consulting work. Mm -hmm. There have been some major changes in the tax uh, uh, planning issues with regard to real estate, so I thought that's why it would be important for people to have a better understanding of what we we do and what uh, they should be concerned about. Mm -hmm. And I do want to make sure that I offer a disclaimer that every fact and circumstance with regard to a taxpayer is different, so it's very important if they are interested in learning more about these issues we talk about today that they seek advice from their professional 
advisor, such as a good enrolled agent or CPA who has done a lot of continuing education in this particular area of the tax law. Right, absolutely. A a lot of people, they try to wing it with what they read from an old book they bought that maybe might be 20 years old or search on the Internet for data that might be current. You never know. But every individual situation is so different that we always do encourage people to talk with their tax professional or CPA. Sometimes, though, run into people that don't have one. They go to the blockheads, right, down the corner, and they do it every every year. They like to do it fast. They like to do it cheap. And I always think that they might be missing out on some great savings, opportunities, maybe even income by not having a creative person that's doing the, their tax preparation work that knows all of the nuances. What are some of the new things that people should think about here in 2015 as we're turning the corner to a new year not too long from now? With regard to real estate, the new rules have to do with how they the IRS describes as tangible property regulations, which if one is not familiar with that, it could be it could be mean anything. But it mainly re- relates to the building involved, the tenant improvements, and it even extends out to materials and supplies type of regulations that have come forward. And they came forward fairly quickly so that during the tax season, it was difficult for a lot of tax preparers and including our office, to prepare the returns on time because they became much more complicated. But it has to do with tangible property regulations having to do with the building and tenant improvement type of issues, removal costs, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. With the new rules, the way I describe it, and I've with our education, is there are these new rules called RAVI rules. Those are acronym for Restoration, Adaptations, Betterments, and Improvements. It used to be just Improvements. And the restorations are a typical type of, you're restoring something that was damaged, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And improvement is pretty straightforward. It's an improvement to the value or the longevity of the business. A betterment is a nuance even of a restoration. And then the adaptation could be a new or existing use of of a space. For example, it could be you're expanding space out for more tenants, you're parceling out, or you're converting it from an office to a retail something along those lines. And if they fall within those four rules, you need to capitalize and then depreciate over a period of time. If they don't, then you can deduct uh, or write off immediately. Is there something that's (laughs) positive coming back? Part of the reason for the change from what we've learned is the fact that the IRS, like a lot of agencies, go through battles with regard to litigation. And this has been a difficult issue with them in the courts. So they in many respects, they clarified the rules because it was going back and forth for at least five years on uh, court cases that, in tax court and other cases that had to do with this issue of repairs and maintenance versus what's a capital cost. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they eventually came out with those rules. It would have been nicer if they would have come out, let's say, June of <laughs> the year before so that we could be prepared. But it happened in uh, September of 2014. And then they changed the rules again in February. So that's what was difficult about this and also disconcerting to our clients. Uh, So those clients that are really affected have an extensive uh, depreciation in repairs and maintenance. Those that have minimal depreciation in repairs and maintenance, it doesn't really affect them. But uh, there can be some benefits to this new law. Uh, For the 2014 tax year, there's an opportunity to go back in time to uh, look at the depreciation schedules and repairs and maintenance and potentially with the new laws, write off uh, costs that were on the depreciation schedule, uh, but oh, really? but it all depends on the facts and circumstances. 
And sometimes uh, in the analysis, it turns out the taxpayer owes more money. So Mm -hmm. there is a risk. There's a benefit and a risk to this new law. I think in the long run, there's probably going to be more people paying more taxes than than Uh, taking advantage of less taxes. However, it's nice to know that there's a glimmer of hope if you have an outstanding CPA or enrolled agent on your side to help you navigate through this thing. As I mentioned, Scott, a lot of people may not have somebody that they feel comfortable chatting with. So why don't you give us your information so we can put that on our list? Oh, once again, I'm Scott Wade. I'm a CPA. I've been in business with my brother for 20 years. In that period of time, the for businesses and individuals for their tax services, mm-hmm. uh, we've found that we've have a niche with regard to business owners, with regard to their needs, and some of them do have, of course, real estate that they have to deal with. And the fact is that this this new law was many people are not aware of certain nuances with the law, in that the there is a, an issue with regard to materials and supplies, which is outside of the, the actual real estate side of things, mm-hmm. where they call it incidental and non-incidental expenses, where before you just write off the materials and supplies. But now if, let's say, you buy a computer cartridge and you don't use it, you buy it in bulk, those that you don't use immediately, you have to hold off on writing that that off until you use it. So there's various aspects of the complexities, but I realize that real estate properties, they use real estate related printer cartridges as well. Yeah. We have more complexities to share with you, in fact, after this break. So please hang on. We'll be right back. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. Welcome back to Nevada Real Estate Radio. My name is Peter Padilla. Pleased to be with you today. A very nice, beautiful day in the summertime in Nevada. We're enjoying our conversation with real estate experts in the studio every week, helping people make great decisions in today's challenging times of finding real estate. It doesn't matter whether it's primary residence or investment property. You've got to be a hunter out there, and you've got to have a team put together to make the deal work right. One of the persons we encourage investors to talk to is Sherry Hill at Sage International. Sherry is the wealth protection diva, and her job is to help businesses, including real estate investors, set up their company, a corporation, a liability company, a limited partnership, a trust. There's a lot to do to think about when you're starting a business. And if you're in business, you may not have done it quite the way you should have. Sherry Hill is the person that can help you analyze the structure of your business to make sure it's going to give you the maximum benefit. I encourage you to call Sherry Hill and ask for a free half-hour consultation that you heard about here on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Call Sherry Hill at Sage International, 1-800-254-5779, or visit sageintl.com. I have outstanding guests with me in the studio today. Michelle Hulbert is with us. She's a mortgage loan originator at Caliber Home Loans. Hope you're doing well today, Michelle. I am. I'm glad to be back on the show. I'm glad to have you back, too. We were talking about changes that were scheduled to take place this summer 
in the mortgage industry, but I understand there have been some delays on some of these new TILA transitions. Is that right? Are they still in play, or what's the status there? There have been delays, Mm -hmm. which um, it's kind of ironic that probably the government's the least ready in this case. (laughs) It's funny that the delays are coming from the source of delay. (laughs) Uh, I I know, absolutely. So, yeah, we're probably pushed back a couple of months Mm -hmm. on these new guidelines. And and, and basically, just to give an overview, what the new guidelines entail is just a more in-depth process of um, vetting the um, closing costs and payments for the borrower. Mm -hmm. It's giving them a chance to actually have time to think about the transaction versus maybe having to sign something and acting upon it immediately. It's giving them uh, an actual time frame that's put into law to review the information. It's like a, a, a right of rescission, or is there a time? It, it, yes, exactly. Most people that have refinanced a, a primary residence over the years realize what a right, right sure. to rescind is, and that's essentially giving the purchase buyers mm-hmm. the ability to do that. Um, the documentation, from what I've seen, appears to be a little bit more user-friendly. It's easier to understand. So unlike the big changes we had several years ago where in my opinion, was an absolute debacle because it's. I think it confused the consumer even more. Mm-hmm. I think that this will actually be beneficial to the consumer. Um, the only thing it does, though, is it does push back the, the time frames on a transaction. You know, no longer will we be closing loans in two to three weeks. Um, I think it's going to be more like 45 days will, will be ultimately how it pans out. Yeah, some of the national uh, pers- spokespersons that I've heard relating to this til- new TILA issue, they're saying you should probably add seven to maybe 14 days to close just because of the fact that one, it's transitioning to a new system, new format. And, you know, there's always glitches and, and, and the system is designed to slow down the process just a little bit to make sure that home buyer is fully aware and has a full opportunity to, to think about it before it actually goes into effect. Absolutely. I, I'm telling my realtors to, you know, write the contracts for 45 or 60 days, whatever. I, I, I say 60 mm-hmm. as we enter into the first phase of this. Right. Um, I know eventually we'll take some time off that. But write it for 45 or 60 days, but act on it like it's a 30-day closing. Sure. Because what happens many times is – you know, it's the last couple of weeks of the transaction or the last week specifically that are critical. And if you have any changes that are made in that time frame, be it the, you know, there's a repair item that needs to be taken care of, or all of a sudden the seller's issuing um, a credit to the buyer for that repair item, or, Mm -hmm. you know, there's something that changes in the borrower's picture that we have to redisclose. Those are all events that have to be redisclosed and have a certain time frame allotted to them. It's like three days, right? Correct. So so what's interesting to me is if a seller and a buyer have a deal going, it's ready to close, it's about two weeks away, and then the the buyer's looking at the house and he realizes that maybe something wasn't quite as well put together or there was a little damage that he didn't see. He might ask the seller, can you give me a little credit for the repair? And the seller will say, sure, why not? Well, by the time it gets to the system, the mortgage system, it's it's a change. It doesn't matter whether it's a change to the benefit of the borrower or to the benefit of the seller. It still needs to have an additional time for review. That's that correct? correct. That's correct. Yeah. So everybody really just has to put a – you know, kind of put a a stop on what they're doing and not be too anxious. They can't get uptight or 
you know, I guess put unrealistic timelines mm-hmm. in place. And, and we see this mostly, you know, when, when obviously somebody is trying to move into a property. Yeah. It does get stressful. Yeah. They're just going to have to understand that they have to allow the, the time frame. They can't do back-to-back-to-back mm-hmm. closings and mm-hmm. expect it to, you know, to all happen without a hitch, especially initially. Uh, you know, I think the biggest challenge might be with people that have done this before, right? They're not new to closing <laughs> deals, so they, they already have expectations. Yeah. And so at the last minute, they renegotiate a little bit better deal for themselves with the seller. But it is urgent, of course, to close by the 30th still, and then come to find out that little extra negotiation that buyer might have done to save a few hundred dollars is going to cost him another three or four days of living somewhere else because they can't move as quickly as they could. Right. That change. So before a buyer or a seller really initiate and commit to a change, they need to consult with you, with the realtors, to make sure it's not how it's, or rather how it's going to impact the timetable. Right. It, they, they do have to do that. And, and it's funny that you mentioned somebody that, that's actually purchased before. Those are the people I guarantee that mm. will have the biggest, that will, will have the hardest time adjusting because yeah. just like with the old mortgage guidelines, anybody right. that bought a house prior to you know 2008, all, all they can tell me is how we used to do it, and I didn't have to go through this <laughs> yeah. before, and you know, right. yeah, well, th- things are about to get a little bit more uh, more tight out there. So, mm-hmm. well, you've done loans for quite a while, so you've been through those changes yourself, and. Yeah, you know how it used to be. It's changed dramatically. There's a lot more scrutiny on the process. I know it's for the benefit of the buyer, the consumer. Sometimes, though, it seems like it's it's not. I mean, there, that's why the frustration happens. Yeah, it, it, it is. And there's still things to this day that I look at and think, really, does this matter in the big picture? Right, um, right. A few days, really, is that going to kill the deal? Yeah. No, it shouldn't. <laughs> but they threaten. It, it is ultimately for the consumer's protection and the lender's protection. Mm-hmm. Um, every once in a while, we actually catch things that that extra step maybe the borrower didn't disclose a previous foreclosure. And, you know, contrary to popular belief, not all foreclosures show up on a credit report. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, we catch one on this more in-depth report that we do at the very end. Um, So we're we're still have we still have the system of checks and balances in place to protect uh, ourselves. We want no more mortgage meltdown. And this is one way to make sure that doesn't exactly. And Michelle, are these rules uh, just a further sort of phasing in of the Dodd-Frank and the response to the big meltdown from seven years ago, or is there some newer case law or a newer item that that triggered these changes? It, it is. It, it's 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 a result of that. Um, I, and I think what they did is they realized that the 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 laws that were implemented several years ago weren't, you know, they weren't perfect. And far from it, as a matter of fact. And to this day, there's still a lot of consumer confusion over the current truth and lending, good faith estimate, HUD statements. This new this new form is really designed to be, you know, kind of a, a one one stop form where you can get all of your information in one piece of data, as opposed to. A combination of several forms because you know anybody that's ever bought a home or is in lending knows how confusing a truth in lending statement can be um, you know where you're disclosing APR versus actual interest rate 
And is there any way to opt out for somebody like myself? And we know the difference between APR and, and uh, note rate and different things like that. Or do, do they let us check a box saying uh, we've been doing this since before the crisis? We can do it now? Or are we stuck uh, with all the disclosures and twiddling our thumbs with the rest of the group? Yeah, and I think that all of us are in the same boat. You know, we would probably all opt out because this is what we do for a living. But mm. to my knowledge, there is no opt out button. <laughs> When these challenges cause the big delays, and and some people, they're not going to be agreeable. They don't want additional delays even by a day. That's when they can speak to somebody like Dave Washburn on hard money. And hard money is it's different than the institutional money that you lend at Caliber Home Loans. So tell us, Michelle, again, Caliber, it's an established, well-established institutional lender, not only in Nevada, but in other states as well. Oh yeah, yeah. We're uh, we are licensed in forty seven states, mm-hmm. forty eight as of last week. We're actually the the third largest lender in the country mm-hmm. that does not have a bank affiliation. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that became um, as a result of the merger with Cobalt Mortgage mm-hmm. in November. So we, you know, we have a good presence throughout the country. So you got a good handle because that's all you do is mortgages. Correct. You don't have to worry Residential. about Right. You don't have to worry about the drive-through, right? Uh, or the, you know, counter help. That's true. Yeah, you know, safety deposit boxes, all those things they bug me about some of these big banks because I'm waiting in line to do one little thing and they've got so many things going. Insurance some banks are selling yeah. as well. So Caliber Home Loans specializing in residential mortgage loans. So why don't you give us your contact information in case I- anybody wants to reach you? This is Michelle Holbert, Mortgage Loan Originator at Caliber Home Loans. My mortgage license number is 184194. Our branch mortgage license number is 3723. Our address at Caliber Home Loans is 6530 South McCarran Boulevard, and that's Reno, Nevada, 89509. Our office telephone number is 775-284-1920. Our fax number is 855-321-7576. You can reach me on the cell phone at 775-742-3559. My email address is michelle.holbert at caliberhomeloans.com. We are an equal housing lender. Outstanding. And Dave Washburn, of course, is with us as well. Dave, we're talking about the financing part of getting uh, real estate and closing deals quickly. We have to take our break, but when we come back, I want you to share with us the differences in doing a transaction with a hard money lender time-wise versus an institutional lender. Sounds great. I'd be happy to walk people through that. All right. We'll be back after this message from our advertisers. This is John Sandberg from Wolf Rifkin, Shapiro, Shulman, and Rapkin. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is important to me because he rides motorcycles, and he's just an all-around fabulous guy. And with us today via telephone is Bo Eckstein, and Bo is talking with us about a great event coming up in San Ramon, California, for real estate investors. It's called the REI Bar Camp. Welcome to the show, Bo. Thanks for having me, Peter. Hey, so you have been communicating with a great friend of ours here at Nevada Real Estate Radio, Sherry Hill, the host of The Sherry Hill Show, about this event coming up. This event is the first of its kind, but these bar camps have been done for other types of businesses, specifically realtors. Basically, bar camps started with the the tech movement. Uh, A bunch of techies decided to, to put together what we call an unconference, which is 
more of a collaborative way. You know, too many people were sick and tired of going to the boot camps where they're just showing a PowerPoint presentation. This is a co- collaborative meeting where you get to pick your own topics. Mm-hmm. And so we d- we do... We, we invite some leaders from the industry. Our event is geared around real estate investing, so we've invited some of the top real estate flippers and apartment investors that we know to come and lead discussions at the REI Park Camp. So what we're going to be talking about what will be presented, Bo, is, it should apply, I would think, beyond California, but really across the country. If anybody you know that is visiting or anybody wants to travel from out of state, principles can be used almost anywhere in the country. That's correct. We're going to be talking about entities. We're going to be talking about how to structure deals, private money deals, how to analyze apartment complex, how to analyze new construction, the best ways to put together joint venture deals. So all the topics that I personally and and my fellow peers want to learn about, that's what we're going to talk about. And we're going to talk with people that are actually funding and and doing deals in in different markets, but mostly around the Bay Area, because that's where this first event is going to be held. It seems that the people that get education, that learn about the craft, learn about the business, well, they're inevitably much more successful down the road than if they just start jumping in with a little bit of advice from you know, friends or salespeople or the, the web. I mean, this is a great way to truly be a successful investor, I would imagine, because you get the knowledge from the pros. Yeah, that's right. This is a free event. We actually have sponsorship from several different companies. We have lunch being offered as well. So here's an event that you don't have to pay thousands of dollars to go to. You get to network with like-minded investors, whether you're a newbie or a very seasoned investor. You're going to get belly-to-belly with everybody you'd want to talk to. Maybe they'll be your future joint venture partner on a, on a, on a rehab deal. There's tremendous opportunity. Everybody that comes to these events is in the sharing mode. They'll share with you. Uh, they don't keep anything closed in, so you're going to learn some tips and tricks, and it, it'll be really a really good collaborative event, and I know they're going to get a lot out of it and want to come to the next one. I think this is a great way to separate yourself from the competition, from the pack of other investors maybe that are in your market locally. In fact, I was watching some of your video up on YouTube. You've got a great example of some of the bar camps that have been done in the past for realtors is the one that I was watching. And I like the way that people talked about how it is so open. You don't have to feel like your neighbor down the hall or the competitor across the street is going to be there because you're traveling just a little bit, just far enough where you don't have those competitive factors and you can really be open and get a lot of knowledge coming back in your direction. Exactly. It's a wonderful event and I'm, I'm happy that I have the idea to take what I've been to before and expand towards for, for real estate investors. I'm really excited to, to put this together. I'm excited about the fact that Sherry Hill is going to be part of the program. I found Sherry Hill online several years ago because I was looking to set up some entities for my, for different companies for my, my flipping business and my real estate holdings business. So I, I wanted to find somebody that I believed in and that could help me. She's actually set up some entities for me. She's only a phone call away. I've called her several times and she's always got good answers. She's got good referrals for me. I needed a CPA and she referred me to her personal CPA. So she goes the extra mile. I'm thrilled to have her come to this event because I know people that don't know who she is are in for a real treat. Absolutely. She's a wealth of knowledge. You know, they call her the wealth protection diva. She delivers. She, she really gets it done. It's awesome. Sherry, we're, we're really excited 
excited to have you come and teach us some things here at the REI Bar Camp being held in San Ramon, California, August 29th at 10 o'clock in the morning and ending at 3 p.m. I can assure you, if you attend REI Bar Camp, you're going to learn at least three new things and probably meet your next joint venture partner. And the best part of REI Bar Camp, it's completely free. Our sponsors have taken care of everything, including lunch. Give us the best contact information. To register for the event, go to www.reibarcamp.com. That's www.reibarcamp.com. All right, we're going to put all that information on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. That way people can find it easily. Okay, sounds great. Okay, thanks again, Bo, and we will talk to you later. All right, Mm, bye-bye. Bye. The best thing you can do for your business, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. With me in the studio is Michelle Holbert from Caliber Home Loans. Also with us in the studio, Scott Waite. Scott is a certified public accountant and a partner in the firm of R.S. Waite. And rounding out the roundtable is Dave Washburn. Dave is a hard money lender at Socotra Capital. Dave, for you, listening to these challenges that are taking place uh, not only in our U.S. mortgage side but around the world with all the financial challenges – it puts hard money in kind of a different category. You can still get money in America, and you can actually get it fast through hard money uh, companies like yours, Socotra Capital. But there aren't a lot of companies like yours. Explain to our listeners and our new guests a little bit about what Socotra does and how it's different. Yeah, we're hard money lenders. Uh, people also call us private money lenders, and I like to frame it as alternative lending. Basically, uh, we're lending our own pool of capital, and so we're the judge, jury, and executioner. We get to choose uh, when we lend, how much we lend, and uh, what the rate and terms are. So mm-hmm. it's uh, designed for investors who are going to be either purchasing or refinancing buildings. Uh, we're licensed within the Department of Real Estate, and so we need real estate as collateral. And then uh, we can we can make loans for you for either that purchase or refinance of that real property. I like the fact that there's oversight in the hard money lending business today because uh, of with the challenges that took place in the institutional lending just a few years back. The feds and state governments are looking closely at how any type of lending operation works. Now that you have to be licensed, you carry the many of the same designations that traditional lenders have, Dave. And that is, I would imagine, for, the, again, the security and the benefit of the consumers. But you only do hard money loans for investment properties, not for residential, right? Correct. What we saw happen after the Dodd-Frank Act uh, was put into place is that uh, essentially uh, it, it legislated small outfits uh, like ourselves out of the uh, owner-occupied and consumer mm-hmm. markets. And so what we've done is instead focus on the investors. Mm-hmm. And for so long, that's been uh, been something that actually has helped our economy. All the people who are fixing and flipping those distressed properties, mm-hmm. uh, buying on the courthouse steps, uh, working with vacant commercial buildings, things like that. That was a, a huge part of how things have come back in our, in our region. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was done with uh, private money loans. Mm-hmm. I remember the times when people would go to the courthouse steps they could actually find deals there. What I'm hearing now is that that's not really the case as much. But what I do recall about those times was that when people went to the courthouse steps, they had to have a cashier's check in hand to close a deal. Right. Michelle, you know about that? Yeah. So yeah. they had to have a cashier's check for, let's say they were going to bid up to 200000 for a property. They'd have a cashier's check for that amount that they could show as 
as ready and available to roll, right? That that's correct. There were there were no financing options available because mm-hmm. it had to be a, a, a quick closing. It was immediate. Right. And and so somebody who wants to finance investment property, I know you do that work, Michelle. But obviously, they weren't able to get a cashier's check once they were pre-approved, so they could go bid on courthouse steps. They had to have different sources, maybe like Dave's. Well, that that's true. The only thing um, we were able to offer, we implemented some programs, Fannie Mae did, I should say, that allowed uh, de- what was called delayed financing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. somebody that had to use their own resources or mm-hmm. even borrowed resources to go buy the house on the courthouse steps, mm-hmm. within, it, you know, once they closed that transaction, they could come to us and we would waive the typical Fannie Mae guidelines on the timelines for refinancing. Mm-hmm. So they were able to recoup out of that transaction, the cash that they put into it up up to the agency uh, guideline limit. Sure. So if that money that they used to purchase that home was a, a short-term loan, like hard money, would that – and is that still acceptable? Well, it, it was, except for it could not have been a lien against the property. So that was the – that's the whole guideline of that program is it had to be – essentially like a consumer or a personal loan. The minute it was a recorded lien against the property, it negated that exclusion on that program. So maybe if an investor had other property that they owned free and clear and they needed a hard money loan to buy this new property, they could get, they they could use the leverage from the property they own free and clear. Dave, is that, would that work? Yeah, what we were doing is we were working with folks who were buying on those courthouse steps yeah. uh, and their team at the title office, et cetera. And then uh, as soon as they had title to that property, uh, we had already walked it with them. Oftentimes that included uh, cutting the locks off the house uh, once they you know, were owning it or, or literally uh, showing up with drills and pulling off the plywood that the bank and the, and the folks had left on there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what we were doing was financing properties that were no longer in a condition to meet Fannie Mae guidelines. So uh, you had that distressed owner who maybe was uh, not going to leave that mm-hmm. custom kitchen they had bought their wife uh, in the bank's hands when they were getting kicked out, and they uh, would take those sorts of things with them. Yep. Uh, so yeah, we were we were financing a lot of homes that were down to the studs, which uh, the investors actually liked because uh, saved them all the demo time and energy, and they, we could just go ahead and, and fix that place up and, and get it sold. That's nice. Scott Waite is with us also. He is a certified public accountant at the R.S. Waite firm in northern Nevada. Scott, I've uh, always wondered when we're talking about hard money. I don't remember having a CPA or an enrolled agent in the studio at the time, but I'm curious to know if somebody uses hard money for a bridge loan to close a deal and then they pay it off in a couple of months and refinance it, like caliber home loans, What is there a, a positive or what is the cost tax-wise of using hard money for a short period of time? Actually, we have seen some uh, what we call alternative money with regard to real estate and other areas uh, with our business clients. Mm-hmm. In, with regard to real estate, we've seen it with uh, what we call private lenders, not so much alternative sources where there's a pool of money, but people who are deed of trust l- lenders. Mm-hmm. We've seen that kind of activity where for those people, for example, we've seen it some uh, clients that are not U.S. citizens it's difficult for them, and their sources of income are not traditional. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to find traditional sources of lending so that they find private money of some kind or another. We've seen that off and on so that they can at least, and it's not always real estate investment. Sometimes it's the principal residence themselves where they have to find alternative money. Yeah. So that is a common situation even in today's environment. Hmm. 
One thing I'd like to comment on, Dave was talking earlier about um, lending to more of the distressed market or or homes that are without uh, perhaps a kitchen or, or fixtures. That's where us as a traditional lender, you know, regardless of how well we think the property is valued, I mean, we, you know, we may look at the, the, the value of the property and think, oh my gosh, this client's getting a, a great deal on this, but we cannot lend on something that doesn't have fixtures or kitchens or is in, you know, fair or less condition. That's where Dave's product is, is a great alternative because they look at it from, you know, a standpoint of risk calculation. Mm-hmm. How is this going to make money for us? And is this a risky transaction, even though the property doesn't have a kitchen? Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's not. So. Yeah. I think it's kind of nice that a borrower could um, talk to you, Michelle, about getting a loan on a property that has no kitchen when you explain to them. Then they could talk to somebody like Dave. Maybe Dave could show them how it would be beneficial to get a hard money loan, do the fix-up, get traditional financing later. Uh, you're, you're actually helping a client accomplish their goals when you have these kinds of connections because there are so many challenges to find a home, period. And sure. you have to be creative about what you find. And most people, when they see a home that needs work, they know, oh, bank's not going to finance it. They move on. But when you have creative ideas like this, you might find a way to get it done still and put it together. Now, granted, it's for investment property only, not for right. primary residence. But you know, people are buying – let's say uh, when we talk about a primary residence, it can be the same house as an investment property. It just depends on how you buy it. So investment property can be a single home, a, a duplex, a threeplex, fourplex, more. Yeah, we're limited to four units as an institutional residential lender. Mm-hmm. But you know, resources for anything over and above it is is going to be somebody like Dave mm-hmm. at Socotra, or maybe even a commercial bank. in in, in those cases, I had a, an example similar to what you're describing, where it's not a perfect fact and circumstance for traditional lending, where they needed to basically create a track record on that real estate investment so that they could show that the investment was making money for a two- to three-year period, and then they could go to traditional lenders if they wanted to refi that. Mm-hmm. I, I could see where that would be a, something where if there isn't much history involved, they have to start somewhere with someone like David. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something that uh, one of the first questions I'll ask our clients when they come to me for a hard money loan is, what's your exit strategy? And if it's fixing and flipping, then you want to get to what I call the inflection point, which is now you can go to a caliber home loans and get a loan, or you can get a VA loan, or you can get an FHA loan, because that's when you'll get that highest and best price when you're turning around to sell it. Or if it's something you want to keep long term, great, then let's work with your CPA. What's it going to take from them to get those documents in place for those P&Ls to show that you can service the debt? or any of the other things that have happened to folks. If they've been through foreclosure, how much longer till that comes off your credit report and then you're able to go refinance with a mm-hmm. conventional lender? Mm-hmm. Because we can be flexible. We can write you a six-month note so that you can go in and do paint and carpet and turn around and sell it this summer sales season. Or I can get you a three-year note because you're going to need two more years of you know, uh, P&Ls and things like that. And so that's where our flexibility really can come in and help you reach that uh, from today to that goal where you're trying to get to. And, you know, we're talking about buying <coughs> investment properties, rental properties or fix and flip properties. But I like your company, Dave, because you work with other things as well. You don't necessarily need to stick with residential or investment properties. I mean, I understand you guys do raw land. Yeah, you know, what we do is we follow the market. And so for the longest time, homes were trading below replacement cost. 
people weren't building or developing. Now that that's turned in a lot of markets, mm-hmm. uh, taking land and subdividing it, bringing in uh, the offsite improvements, mm-hmm. doing onsite improvements, mm-hmm. subdivisions, things like that are penciling again. Mm-hmm. So we're in that market. We're doing raw land. We're helping people, um, you know, turn those into lots. And then yeah. we're also working with people who are building spec homes for sale. Now, investments is what it's really about. Here in northern Nevada, our biggest event of the year is hot August nights. So i got a question for you. Let's say I'm driving around and I see a really cool classic car that I want to buy, but it, it costs hundred grand, And I can't liquidate my capital quickly enough, right, because I've got it tied up in the stock market in Greece. So, <laughs> so, so, so is it possible to get a hard money loan for something like that? What I can do is I can do a cash-out refinance of your non-owner-occupied property. So if you own a fourplex free and clear, I can uh-huh. write a $100,000 note on that, uh-huh. and we can close while you're still here in town, yeah. and you can drive out of Reno in that uh, beautiful classic car that you've uh, laid your eyes on. Yeah. I do not do car title loans, so we can't go down and just take that VIN number and register mm-hmm. uh, the lien with the DMV. That's not how we operate. Everything we do has to be collateralized by real estate. All right. Another question. Let's say that I own a hot dog stand uh, here in town. I want to do some expansions or, or upgrades uh, to my business. Is that possible to talk to you about a loan like that if I need a little bit of time to get my other financing in line? Yeah, if you own the building that you operate out of, then I could write you a loan on that business. Mm-hmm. If it's uh, a hot dog stand on wheels, then no, we're going to be, uh, again, we're going to need to, uh, real estate as collateral. If I think about it, I can always convert that hot dog stand to real property like they do with the manufactured oh, home, right? And then I'll get a manufactured <laughs> <Now you're pushing>. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can, and that's actually, you know, one, one of the things that I see in, in real estate is that, uh, you know, the only constant is change. <laughs> and right. so... Whereas uh, four and five years ago, we were on the courthouse steps working with folks buying cash and refinancing them. Mm-hmm. Then it went to, sh- uh, you know, so that REO market went away. Then it went to short sales, and it was mm-hmm. all about your ability to negotiate mm-hmm. with short sales, and that's where the big profits were. Uh, now, uh, you know, then it's changed again, and, and what we're seeing is with the highly competitive market that's going on for stick-built homes and the lack of inventory, a uh, huge area for profits are those uh, homes that are be uh, the mobile homes that are being converted to real property, and so I see that being a phase that we're moving into now, and so that's absolutely something where hard money can help folks. No, I wasn't totally off base there. There is opportunities for people with manufactured homes. Nice to know. We have more conversation on Nevada Real Estate Radio with our in-studio guests, but we have to take a break. Please hang on. We'll be right back. This is Alan Zane from Atlas Red Realty. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is a longtime friend, mentor, and I love him. (laughs) So, you're thinking about buying investment real estate. Getting the right mortgage is a critical part of your decision. This is Lou Carr, branch manager of Summit Funding in Sparks, Nevada. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be the best investment purchase you'll ever make. How do you go about it? First, get pre-approved with a mortgage lender like Summit Funding. Then, find the right property at the right price. Summit Funding is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit summitfunding.net slash L-C-A-R-R. That's S-U-M-M-I-T-F-U-N-D-I-N-G dot net forward slash L car or call 
775-626-0775 for personal service. This is Lou Carr from Summit Funding, NMLS number 258750, NMLS number 3199, and NMLS number 1042857. Thank you. Summit Funding Incorporated is located at 5931 Los Altos Parkway, Suite 105, Sparks, Nevada, 89436. This is Scott Waite, Certified Public Accountant and Management Consultant at R.S. Waite Chartered. You are listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. Peter Padilla is an inspiration to commercial real estate investors because of his value to the community with his shows on a regular basis. Thank you, Peter. You're tuned in to Nevada Real Estate Radio. My name is Peter Padilla. Pleased to be with you today talking about my favorite subject of the week, real estate and real estate for investors. Pulling the trigger on a deal nowadays is complicated. You always have to have the right people on your team. So you want to ask around and we are a great source of information here at Nevada Real Estate Radio for any area of specialty you're thinking about contacting when you're trying to close a deal on real estate. Sometimes the deals are so complicated, you need to make sure that you're covered legally. And even though we don't like to see deals over-lawyered, we like to make sure that our listeners and real estate investors are doing the right thing. And sometimes they just need to consult with an attorney. We encourage people to talk to their own attorney if they have one. But if they don't, we encourage them to talk to John Sandberg. And John is an attorney at the law offices of Wolf, Rifkin, Shapiro, Shulman, and Rapkin. And they are located in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, and in Reno, Nevada. So give them a call. You can reach John Sandberg at 775-682-1800. Tell him that you were referred by Nevada Real Estate Radio. In the studio with me today, outstanding guests, Scott Waite is a licensed CPA with the firm of R.S. Waite Certified Public Accountants. Also with us, Michelle Holbert from Caliber Home Loans. And rounding out the table, Dave Washburn from Socotra Capital. Dave, we were talking about the great work that you're doing, helping people close deals quickly. And, you know, I like the fact that you're attentive. It seems like sometimes I go to retail operations and even some service operations. I'm not even sure they want my business. But I know when we send people to talk to you, I mean, you're on it right away. How's somebody to contact you if they want to find out more about hard money lending? This is David Washburn, Vice President of Loans and Investments with Socotra Capital Nevada. My Nevada agent's license is number 51269. My NMLS license number is 331429. Socotra Capital Nevada's MLD number is 4075. Socotra Capital Nevada is located at 298 Kingsbury Grade, Suite 1G, State Line, Nevada, 89449. Our office telephone number is 775-420-4990. My email address is dave, D-A-V-E, at SocotraCapital.com. Socotra Capital does hard money loans in California and Nevada. Socotra Capital's Company NMLS ID is 1142425. Socotra Capital Nevada, Inc., We are Nevada's hard money lender. All right, and we're going to put all of your information as well as our other guests' information on NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. That way people can find you easily. Yeah, that'd be great. And uh, part of the reason we're so attentive is we lend our own money. So uh, it's something where we 
take good care of the folks and uh, track the loans from tip to tail. So I'd love to uh, hear from some of your listeners and be able to get them into some investment properties. People are starting to close. They want to close before the end of the year. And a difference of one day can make a huge difference. We have a CPA in the studio today. Scott Wade is with us. Scott, I bet your business gets really busy at the end of the year. Much year-end tax planning happens at our office. And it's planning. I mean, it's the stuff I'm talking about, right? Right. It's how are we going to deal with this issue. When you get into the next year, into January, it's about preparation of the taxes. And that is correct. With regard to planning, that is most impactful with regard to taxes because if a transaction's already occurred, well, we're just cleaning up what happened there rather than planning, maybe even scenario planning, which I'm doing with several clients now in in a different area. But the planning is, I believe, can be the most helpful for many clients. Mm -hmm. It's the the beforehand, before a transaction has occurred that is, in our business, is very helpful for our clients. You probably are working, too, with institutional lenders, people like Michelle. Depending on what your clients' needs are, hard money lenders like Dave Washburn, who's with us in the studio today, any other areas that you think are critical nowadays that people focus on? Is there any a trigger when buying real estate now? Like I, I, when I was in the business a year ago, I remember the, the hot button for closing a transaction was to make sure that the hot water heater was properly strapped in. I mean, how many delays did I have because of those things? I, I can't count them. Is there anything new that you would recommend people think about? <laughs> I joke with my realtors. I sit here in big trouble if I ever see an inspection report come back with the hot water heater straps or light switch covers yeah. or plug covers. I mean, we all know that it's, like, it's got to be there. Don't spend $150 of the borrower's money to go back out and reinspect for those little items. Just get them done. One thing to, to make a, a, a note on is a lot of sellers are spending the money for a home inspection up front before they ever sell the house. Hmm. That way, you know, they're, they, they've they got the the repairs dialed in before anybody ever sets foot in the property. So they don't get any surprises that way. Exactly. As a lender, can you accept that seller's home inspection? You know, for? we don't require it unless the appraiser makes a notation on the mm-hmm. appraisal that he, that he or she thinks something is um, wrong with the property. We don't require a copy of the inspections. Now, mm-hmm. that's not all lenders. I'm just right. speaking for ourselves sure. here. But, um, you know, if there was an existing valid report, something within the last 90 days, Mm -hmm. I mean, we would accept it. Most lenders, I think, would. Yeah. Yeah, very nice, very nice. Well, you can't you can't get too much inspection anymore on anything, be it the paperwork or the home, yeah. to close a deal. So um, I'm glad people are able to gain some insight and get benefit from all of our conversations today. I want to thank all of our guests for being in the studio today. Michelle Holbert, any final thoughts for our listeners? Anybody that's wanting to purchase a home, even investment property homes, please get pre-approved. Mm-hmm. We, we don't want any last-minute issues if you're – in contract on a property, and all of a sudden we find out we can't lend to you. Yes, yeah, so um, call you early. Call, call me early, especially office. if you're in the midst of a 1031 exchange, no, because yeah. that can be really awful. Yeah. So, yeah, pre-approved, please. All right. Thank you, Michelle Holbert from Caliber Home Loans. We're going to make sure that people reach out to you. Got your information on our website. Dave Washburn has been with us as well. Dave is with Sacocha Capital. Yeah, just encouraging folks to uh, stay educated and keep track of the changes. Each and every one of us today has commented on changes, whether they were regulatory or tax code or disclosures, all sorts of different things, also where the deals are in the market. So 
get in touch with the experts and, and ask them what's changing, what's new, what's upcoming, mm-hmm. so that you're prepared for uh, things as they come down the road. Mm, be a smart investor. Thank you very much. Dave Washburn from Socotra Capital. Also with us in the studio, Scott Waite. He's a licensed CPA here in Nevada and a partner in the RS Waite Certified Public Accountant Firm. Hope you enjoyed being on the show today, Scott. I did. Uh, one final thought I have with regard to those regulations that tangible property regulations is you still have time if you have already filed the tax return. You can amend those tax returns if you are in that situation where you have extensive depreciation and repairs and maintenance who, you know, in which you could benefit from this new law. Good. And uh, you know, consultation with a great CPA is always important for investors. We've got your information on our website, too. Thanks for being with us. Like top-notch athletes, real estate investors need to stay in fighting shape to compete. It's just like being a boxer, right, or being a football player. Profit is the pinnacle of business, and it provides the opportunities for your future growth and your expansion. We all want it, but are we doing the right things to get it? Well, increasing profitability as a real estate investor requires a well-thought-out strategy based on calculations and developments of different scenarios. So after all, one change in one deal can change many other factors in other deals. How do you make the right decisions? Thanks for listening to our show, Nevada Real Estate Radio, where we bring the experts to you. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your loved ones to tune in next week. Same time, same station. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.